welcome back to the FPL Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And as always, I'm also the host. You get two for one with this podcast. It's awesome. I am Rob. Yup, and on this podcast, we bring you weekly updates from the world of fantasy soccer and or football, or whatever you'd like to call it. On today's episode, we'll be discussing incoming Premier League players, those players whose prices have changed, and probably a third or fourth thing as well. Rob, do any of the incoming players merit immediate pickups? You know, you know, from a standpoint of, of a fantasy transfer headline, I mean, since we touched on De Bruyne last week, I mean, there's not really a name in this group that jumps out to me to be like, you know what, I got to get him on a roster. He's going to be the fantasy stalwart for me, and I'm going to build my entire roster around him. But there's a couple guys that are like fringy guys that I think can contribute based on their price point. Um, given their team situation. Um, I'll touch on a few and then you could jump back in Kev. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want to hog everything. You know, nobody likes a uh, you know, a hog. No one likes a pod hog. Yeah. Nobody likes a pod <laughs> hog. I could just gab and gab and gab. So I was on this cooking site. No, I'm kidding. But, okay. Uh, no, but legitimately, what were you cooking though? Uh, I was doing a little Creole, uh, pulled pork. Oh, nice. With, uh, no, I don't even know. <laughs> but, but that's all I got. But, all right, so the first guy that jumps out to me that might have some kind of fantasy value, because everybody's always looking for a defenseman who can go into a team atmosphere, who's shown the pretense that, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Propensity. Oh. Propensity. Oh, nice. Propensity. The $5 keep, word right there. Absolutely. To keep clean sheets. You know, Southampton last year, they're a different team this year. I get it. They're not completely healthy. They're missing their holding midfielder, and I think that changes the whole dirt dynamic of their whole team. Yeah. So when Jordy Class A comes back, I think they're a completely different team. But the first guy I'm looking at is Virgil van Dijk. You know, he transferred over from Celtic. He comes in with a price point of 5.5. Right away, I don't know if he's going to get a starting spot. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, he's better than Maya Yoshida. That, oh, that's, that's easy. <laughs> and that, that was going to be my point. If, if he's going to sub anybody in, it's definitely not going to be for Cedric, and it's definitely not going to be for Jose Font. You know, Bertrand is, is going to be back eventually, and Matt Target is not a, a forever. Yeah, but he, he has done well for, oh, for a absolutely. 4.0, yeah. Absolutely. He's a $4 darling, as we, you know, in the fantasy world, we call him $4 darlings on defense, yeah. and that's what he started out at. But I think I think Van Dijk can come in there and and – carve a nice role on defense, especially since Southampton, they do play a, a very up-tempo defensive scheme. Both their wide defensive backs like to be in, in the, the fray up front. And I think he can contribute from, from that standpoint to the, to the Saints offense. Yeah, I think, you- it's, I think it's another good one. Uh, one that I'm kind of looking at on the defender side, also, you know, kind of buy on the low low, is uh, DeAndre Yedlin. And that's not just because I'm biased as an American or because I'm biased as a Spurs fan. <clears throat> but if you've watched Sunderland the last four weeks, Billy Jones has been in shambles this whole time. I know that DeAndre Yedlin lacks the technique, but if you step him in week one or week five, I guess, as the case may be, he's immediately going to improve that Sunderland defense. I know they have Adam Matthews there as well, kind of sniffing around that right back spot. For 4.4, I think that's definitely worth a look. Uh, a couple other ones that I think are interesting, staying at Sunderland, Fabio Barini, knowing that Advocat wants to play a 4-3-3, knowing that Lenz has one of the wing positions down in Defoe, you can't pull him after you know already scoring as many times as he had this season. The idea of playing Barini on the wing all of a sudden becomes both reasonable and valuable. Um, at 5.4, I think you know that Sunderland attack is not the problem at Sunderland. Lenz has been just as amazing as I said he'd be, three assists and a goal already. For, for Barini, 5.4, I think, is an interesting look. Uh, a speculative, even more speculative one than those two is Nathan Dyer going over to Leicester. It seems mm-hmm. like they wouldn't want to disrupt their current attack, but if they ever decide to just kind of run Vardy up front on his own, uh, I think Dyer might be able to get kind of that right mid-spot down next to Mares, uh in front of Albrighton, and I think that would be an interesting kind of scenario for 4.8. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. I think Vardy is the is the play up top for Leicester. I just don't think that they're committed yet to giving him the reins all by himself without having, you know, you know, an Okazaki right in his hip pocket to yeah. take off the def- extra defender because I don't think Vardy 
can take on that extra defender by himself. Yeah, he's got speed and he's got a lot of, you know, he's got a lot of pace. But I think when that second defender comes home, comes over, I think he gets a little intimidated and he gets like a, he gets nervous with the ball and I think he makes mistakes. Um, but I, I do, I do like the move by Dyer. I mean, basically, I, I don't think he has a starting spot there, not by one iota. I think there's just too much. Uh, talent and there's a team form there right now that Dyer is going to have to carve out his niche in practice in order to get some first team run. Um, you know, keeping on the topic of, of guys coming in, there's there's two other guys that I like. Both both are coming in on the forward on forwards to to uh, newly uh, promoted clubs to the Premier this year. One is Glenn Murray. You know, Glenn Murray yeah. last year for that four or five game stretch. Was basically amazing towards the end on, of last year. On fire, he was on fire. You know, he goes from Crystal Palace, where he was basically pushed out the door because they have so much other guys, Bamford and and the like. There, that he goes to a Bournemouth squad, and I think it's a completely perfect fit. They just lost they just lost Max Graydell to an ACL tear. He basically moves right in. He's going to have almost a starting spot going in there because Bournemouth, you're going to play guys who have Premier you know, experience there because they got, they want to be competitive in these games early on because they don't want to tinker out and be like fighting for a demotion later. So I think Glenn Murray can come into Bournemouth, you know, at his price tag, he's 5.8. He's actually the, the highest priced guy on the active roster right now for Bournemouth. Tied wow. <laughs> That's a stat. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's bizarre, but you know, look at what he did last year for a Crystal Palace team that was for a stretch for the maybe those week thirty to week thirty six, completely overachieved, yeah. and we're shocking the world. Basically, and ruined like, Liverpool's year. <laughs> a, absolutely. Again. And he's going to a Bournemouth team that could kind of do the same thing. They're gonna he's gonna gel with the team, and I think he could be that forward option up there next to a Wilson that will actually give you some fantasy usefulness at five point eight. The other guy, and you might not like this because I'm gonna compare him to your homeboy, the pant. <laughs> The Panther Crawler, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it with uh, Duyomichi and Bokani. Mm. He basically looks like Gomez. Yeah, they're both the same height. They're about the same weight. They have dreads or lack of dreads. <laughs> um, listen, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that Bokani is gonna come in here from Dynamo Kiev and go to Norwich and completely just blow the doors off everything. Although Lens did. Absolutely. And it's possible. I'm not saying that the level of talent for in the Kiev, in Kiev's league is what it is in the Premier League. But the last two seasons with Anderlecht and Kiev, he has 50 goals in 86 appearances. 50 goals in 86 appearances. Mm. That is just a blistering pace for any human being to be scoring goals. I'm sorry. I've played soccer my entire life. That's a lot of goals. You know, I scored seven when I was eight years old. You want to get into this long story about the <laughs> diatribe? But anyway, you know, he's coming into a Norwich squad that is struggling to find a purpose up top. You know, they just lost Ricky Van Wolfswinkel. He's out the door. It's mm. one less option up top for the Canaries. He comes in at 6.0. He's already the highest priced Canary on the board. Which is nuts because Redmond has been tearing it up. Ab- absolutely. I'm not saying he's going to be. In three more weeks, if Redmond keeps it up, he'll probably be equal or in the vicinity of such. But, you know, I teeter on him comparing him to Gomez just based on his game and the way he looks. But I'm comparing him from what he did at Anderlecht and what he did at Kiev to basically don't buy into the juice too much. I like him a little bit. I'm not going to say, you know, roster him immediately. But you know what? Look at what Josie Alcidor did for, for as, a, as a car. You know, was that three years ago? When he when he scored thirty six, oh, yeah, yeah, he scored thirty scored thirty six goals, and then he came to came to Sunderland, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's gonna blow blow the pace at the building." Guess yeah. guess where he is now? He's in the the the, the Indian Super League comparison of the United States Soccer <laughs> and MLS. Yeah, I said it. You can he is scoring buckets of goals though. That you know, I wonder why. Uh, listen, Ebukani is not gonna be a superstar. Is he gonna is he gonna come out and probably score goals for a Norwich team that needs goals? Absolutely, because they don't have an identity up front. I'm sorry if someone wants to, you know, to sit here and tell me that they do, but well, call into the show. You know what? We you can't because we don't have a call in service. 
But listen to me. But here's our phone numbers. Do do do. But you're gonna but you're gonna tell me if you're gonna take a gamble on a on a Norwich forward, who are you bringing in? You're gonna bring in Cameron Jerome. I mean, I mean, you're gonna wait till you know Gary Hooper shows something in the two minutes he's played all season. I mean, he's he's already the top forward for for a bad team, and that's where you strike gold in fantasy. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned there uh, that you're probably going to maybe wait on him, or at least you have some reservations. Some players I have reservations about, uh, Victor Moses moving to West Ham, because if he wants to play in his traditional formation, West Ham would have to change their system. Not going to say their system has worked phenomenally well, but it works against the big teams, apparently. (laughs) <laughs> with wins against Arsenal and Liverpool away. I'm I'm still hesitant on De Bruyne. I know you might not be at least getting him into your side. Anthony Martial and Hyungming Sun, just because I don't know where he's playing. Do you do you think any of those are incorrect? Would you put any of them in your squad right away? Uh neither any of the three you just mentioned. Martial is a complete weight. At eight 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 point eight dot he's yeah. old. On. Same with Sun, and Sun's actually going to be a midfielder for us. So yeah, I mean, it's going the wrong way. To pay eight million for a guy who has twelve goals last year, you're basically wanting him to come in and be and strike gold. The only, the only reason he's eight million is because he's playing for United. If he signed with freaking Aston Villa, he'd be six point five. Yeah, that's the only reason. He's just going into a team play that has a better record or a better standpoint in fantasy, so the value is jumped up. And that's the same thing with De Bruyne. I'm not buying De Bruyne at 10. I mean, is anybody bringing in De Bruyne at 10 when you can get Why wouldn't eight? you get Silva? I mean, I, I think he's at 10-3 now. But. Yeah, he went, he went up again. Or why would you not get, get Pedro at 9.6? Or Yaya, who's been or, lighting everyone yeah, on fire. Yeah, absolutely. And Yaya is still the PK taker. I know there hasn't been one yet, but he's going to yeah. take the PKs, and it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. I mean, after last week's red card fiasco, it's a complete. we'll get into this a little later. <laughs> but I mean, what was there, seven red cards this week? It I was mean, a lot, yeah. I mean, that's, with that's with a, maybe only the Mark Noble one being technically incorrect. Yeah, I think they rescinded it. Uh, oh, did they? That's good. Yeah, it's completely deservedly so. But yeah. you know, a lot of red cards ruins real life, real life soccer and and fantasy and fantasy. And fantasy. It's just disgusting. Yeah, because like and we every, talked about Mark Noble last week and how well he was going to do, and throughout <laughs> seventy minutes we were all right. Then he gets a red card and now his points plummet. And it's the same thing with Coutinho. Coutinho was having yeah. a great game. Yeah. He had four shots, three on goal, and then boom, he hits a red card, and guess what? You get minus two points. Yeah. Fantastic. I get it, because it's not. Um, <laughs> uh, just so people out there know, on Playtaga, Hyungming Sun is listed as a midfielder, so check the formats you use to see where he is. If he's a midfielder, he's worth a lot more. Because uh, the problem with going forward to midfield is you're you're paying forward money for those goals that you probably aren't going to get from a midfielder. He's probably going to create more. He might end up starting up front in Europa League as Tottenham only have the one striker in Harry Kane, but that just as easily could be Clinton and G. You don't want to take that gamble. But if he's listed as a midfielder in your league, I'm not saying you have to go pick him up, but it makes him a lot more ownable. Yeah, I could see the play, the pace of play playing through him yeah. at, 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 at Spurs. Easily, especially if they play him on the right opposite Chadley. I'm just a little worried. I don't know how you're going to push out Chadley, who's been arguably one of the most effective players at Tottenham this season. Oh. Seems a little weird, but that right wing spot, Dembele's currently injured, says he might be back, but it might be, doesn't mean he'll be fully back. Lamela, obviously, we tried to get rid of, didn't happen because Pochettino wanted to keep him, probably because of everything that was happening with the Berahino deal. Just imagine where we'd be. You know, we just brought in G and Son to be uh, wingers, and now all of a sudden they might have to deputize at striker. So if we had let Lamela go, now all of a sudden we have a gap again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know how all that's going to shake out, which is why it's a wait and see for me. Like I mentioned, Lamela and Dembele may lose their spot to either Son or NG. Are there any players you're dropping due to incomings? Uh, there isn't one guy that I would actually be like, you know what, I need to get him into my roster to see what he has. There, the, the two, there's the three guys I mentioned: Van Dijk, Murray, and Mbakani. Those are the three guys that I would watch right now because everybody's always looking to strike gold with those with that third striker. Yeah. And Murray and and Bacani definitely fit that fit that mold. Uh, and Van Dijk is that def- that defender on a on a decent team that gets clean sheets. Once they get healthy again, you know, healthy through the midfield and healthy. Yeah, five the back. five just hits me as a little much though. Yeah, it, it it is a lot. I mean, but 
Look at it this way. Jan Vertonghen is 5.5. That's shocking. That's absolutely <laughs> horrible. I don't know how that's... He's literally, right now, the fourth best defender in that defense. I know he's coming off of a clean sheet, but the match before that was just absolutely horrible. And we've seen him be horrible before, so it's not like that's a crazy outlier. I mentioned Lamela is a player I'm dropping due to incomings. I don't know who's taking his spot, but it's somebody. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely drop him. I don't know why you were holding on to him, but if you were, drop him. Wayne Rooney, I already mentioned two weeks ago I was going to wait. Last week I dropped him. This week now there's another striker coming in there. Still hasn't scored in the Premier League. Still looks rusty. Now there's somebody that could take his job. I just have that much less faith in him turning it around. And uh, all West Ham players. West Ham is now in the Manchester United category for me. Sacco, Valencia, and Carroll. Sacco has his jail stuff to worry about. And Valencia's hurt. Andy Carroll's hurt. And now you have to deal with the bringing in of Jelovic and uh, that other guy from that other place that I should probably know. Um... Michael Antonio. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so now you have to deal with all of that up there as well. Like I said, if if, if you're going to see Moses start to play, that means you're shifting your formation, which means you still have to worry. I think Song, Kuyate, and Noble, are the and probably the wingbacks, are probably the only ones that have a 100% chance of starting most matches. Yeah. If, if it's not one of those, I'd, I'd look at my team and see if there are other options available at those prices. And, and I, I love Alex. I mean, if anybody's a fan of just watching a, a great soccer player, mm. it seems like he's always in control. Go, go watch tape of Alex Song, whether whether it be, you know, any any chance of his any point of his career, and even look Arsenal, at Barca, or West Ham. Yeah, I mean, he's just a phenomenally in control player. Yeah, he gets a hothead sometimes when he gets the ball taken from him, but I get mad when when somebody takes the ball away from me. He is just a phenomenal like player that's just been. I think if he's on a type flight, top flight club in the Premier League. People would be paying more attention to him, but he's just on West Ham. And I actually have to applaud West Ham a little bit. They actually did great this last week of the transfer. They did, and it's made Spurs look awful. I mean, they just brought in a ton of, ton of players. I mean, they brought in, like, what did they bring in? 13 total players, I believe, in, like, the last two weeks. I mean, that's a ton, a ton ton of of turnaround. I mean, that even makes, you know, Aaron Lennon look phenomenal. Yeah, Lennon to, Lennon to Everton is an interesting one. I, I, you know, speaking of players that have lost value, uh, I know he wasn't starting to begin with anyway, but uh, Gerard Delefeu, I was really big on, and now all of a sudden, you know, they probably didn't pay $5 million to see Lennon sit on the bench. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that, that just kind of nixes both of their value. I, I, don't, I don't think Delefeu is completely healthy. I think he's... Yeah, think something's he's going on there, right? I don't know if he can... Do a complete ninety, and I think that they're they bring in Lennon to Lennon still has pace. He can yeah. still pace you down the wing, and I think Delafeu doesn't have that pace yet. I think he's just waiting to get his legs underneath him. Yeah. So I mean, if you're waiting, looking for a guy to like look at again in like December, maybe when he's completely healthy, I'd look at Delafeu. But it looks like it's going to be like a seventy thirty, you know, seventy twenty for for Delafeu Lennon, depending on who starts, who who comes in later to change the pace of the game. Yeah, with that kind of last ten going to McGeevy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all a mess. I I, I tend to stay away from those. I, I know you you follow American football as well. It's kind of like the Saints running backs were for like five years when mm-hmm. they had Pierre Thomas and Reggie Bush, and you're just like, uh, yeah. and Mark Ingram as well, and you're just like, one of them's going to get a lot of carries, but I don't know which one's going to yeah, avoid ex- it. Exactly, it's completely a, a mind eraser of fantasy useful uselessness. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so now we're going to about talk about some price rises and falls. In the last day, uh, we've seen uh, or last two days, we've seen Vardy, Gomis, AU, Silva, and Company all go up. I think there's still value in all of them, but Company. I just don't understand why you wouldn't bring in Color off instead. That's the only drawback I have on Company. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if, if let's put it this way: if you're playing fantasy, you know, on the official official game right now, and you don't have Color off. You're just your wasting team. your time, or any You're, league, because I know in play talk he's the leading point scorer as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's funny over the last since the last week's game, there's been nine price changes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, nine, nine price changes. There's been forty-one guys go down, so nine guys go up and forty-one go down. And then look at some of the prices that have just been transferred in. You know, the the official game is making it very hard to. To leverage the guys that you want out to bring guys that you want in right yeah. now. 
And that's a, that's a, that's the struggle right now for midseason. I know people are are this is a ginormous week for people to be using their wild card because they're bored and they have another you know ten days before a game comes on. <laughs> yeah, but wait for like, the injuries first of all. You know, they're they're all patiently waiting for Italy Malta, you know, in the international games to be played. Um, See how Barini does. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but I mean, the guys that went up, McCarthy and Crystal Palace. Nobody can deny that he's the he's the number one goalie there. I don't care what Spironi says when he comes back. I yeah, don't know. it's it's done. Yeah, a- AU, possibly the best midfielder outside of Riyad Mahrez in Premier right now. Yeah, or Silva, who yeah. is quiet always because he's getting assists instead of goals, but he's getting Ab- assists. Absolutely, absolutely. Kiote, I mean, playing his ass off for West yeah. Ham. You know, Silva Silva went up as well. As rightfully so, he's getting assists. Nobody notices him because guess what? Nobody notices the guy who passes the ball to the everyone puts in it the city attack. Yeah. yeah, and then then the three forwards that went up: Fardy, Wilson, Gomez. All, yeah. all all did well recently, and all should be up. And then Kohler and company are the only two defensemen that went up. Yeah, I Wilson's mean, an interesting one. Not not to interrupt. A, a few weeks ago, we talked about Wilson or Dini. Has that flipped for you yet? It has, only because I don't like the way Watford is setting up to the midfield right now. I mean, yeah. their, pace, their pace of play is so slow. They're setting to defend. And to be fair, with yep. Rami and Kapu, why would you not? But mm-hmm. I mean, you it's know, not great for fantasy. They have, they have defenders that, that like to sit back and defend. You know, Cathcarts, the Protals, the Nioms. They, they all are stay-at-home guys. They're not guys who can push the pace up. Uh, the only guy in the midfield that I've actually seen do something with the ball when, when he's, the pace is given to him, you know, is Gerardo. Gerardo. I mean, yeah. he looks like he can put some pace on the ball, but I just don't see who can get him the ball consistently and have him. He can't take on four guys all the time. I mean, it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the recently promoted sides. Um, it's really disappointing for Bournemouth fans and fantasy fans alike, but Max Gridell out for six months, you have to drop him, which is really unfortunate because he looked like a guy that could have been a steal. Yeah, he was, he was coming into his own, you know, it, in formats other than the official game, you know, stats he's, were he's in his favor. Points. Yeah, for stats sure. Stats were in his favor. You know, he created chances. He's a great crosser of the ball. You know, it's a shame that he went down, but like I said, with before talking about Glenn Murray, you know, Gradel played in a little bit wider role than Murray is accustomed to. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe that they, their Bournemouth may have to change a little bit because I think the way that he was coming into shape and form with that team, I don't think they can replace him with somebody directly and have it be the yeah. same effectiveness. So I think they might play uh, Wilson up high and then Murray a little offset. You know, I don't think Murray gets immediate run with the first team. I think he'll probably wait two weeks and then see how he fits in, and they probably su- he'll probably sub in in two weeks, and then maybe get a full maybe you know from the start get like 65, 70 minutes to see how he gels. Yeah, but but it's a shame. I I, I liked I liked Gradell. I thought he was going to become a great uh, fantasy contributor for other formats other than the official. Yeah, yeah. So sorry to hear that. Um, yesterday's drops. Sado Berahino, Mila Yedinak, Alberto Moreno, ben, uh, Fraser Forster, and Howgard, who is apparently Stokes' backup keeper, I found out earlier while preparing for this. Uh, any disagreements, or do you think any of them are worth picking up? Yeah, I don't know how they can drop the backup Stoke goalie. I mean, what are they watching? <laughs> right? What are they watching? God, he's let so many goals in from the bench. I mean, what what is he doing in training? He's not doing enough? He's not getting enough water for Butland? I mean... <laughs> He's not keeping his gloves clean enough. I God, mean, what an asshole! <laughs> what do you, what do you have to do <laughs> to drop as a backup goalkeeper for Stoke? I mean, are you? A, does, does your like? Did you break up with your girlfriend who works at the like the official <laughs> official dot com site? <laughs> you know, screw you. You're Come on, fantasy.premierleague.com. How you going to do that. him like that? Live with that. Put that on your face, face or your book of faces. <laughs> Libro di face. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the couple guy, other guys I noticed, I mean, you mentioned Barahino, who's not doing himself any favors uh, in the last couple days. Uh, Santi Cazorla dropped. Mm. Uh, uh, Bronislav Ivanovic dropped. As and, he should. Yeah, absolutely. He's way overpriced. He's looked awful. You know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit worried with the signings they've made. It would be really easy to switch Coleman to the right and play Raman on the left. Uh, just, just a thing to watch out for with Chelsea fans. I know you are one of those. Could you see that happening soon? You know what? I actually had this conversation the other day with one of my good mates. He's a United fan, and 
He knows more about soccer than Wait, me. did I say Coleman? Yeah, you did. Like Seamus Coleman. That's yeah. not what I meant at all. Obviously, I meant Cesar Spilicueta. Wait, we got Seamus Coleman? Dude! Oh, did you hear about that, like, random bid? It was, it was, like, PSG or, like, Bayern or some random Yeah, they wanted, they wanted to... Uh, they wanted to trade. It was like a, we'll give Von you this Reveal? guy, but we want Coleman back. Probably Vonderveel like, for Coleman or something weird like that. Yeah, it was something weird. But by I, the way, Vonderveel loved him when he was younger. Kind of wasted away at PSG. Now coming back, horrible neck tattoo. Yeah, most neck tattoos are are done. Yeah, that's true. You don't often see neck tattoos. You're like, you know what? That is a well done and classy neck tattoo. Yeah. I mean, when you think <laughs> when you think of neck tattoos, just. Just think of one person and, and be like, oh, okay, that makes it. J.R. Smith. How's oh, that? Oh, gosh. Dude, I went to University of Cincinnati. Go Bearcats. Kenyon Martin's lips. Uh, which every time I see uh, uh, Kevin Prince Boateng's hands, I think of. Oh, by the way, speaking of like free free agents, not in fantasy. Kevin Prince Boateng's still just floating around in the universe. My guess is he ends up somewhere weird like uh, Sunderland. I think he goes to the Indian Super League. Dude, did you hear he failed his either the Qatari or Saudi League medical? Yeah, well, <laughs> even they like, were like, no. Yeah, because I heard he's like high on PCP. Eh, probably it would explain some of his cravings. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's it's fun to think about, but guess what? Hey, you could still roll with the image of hey, I'm Kevin Prince Boateng. You may know my brother, the better Boateng, who plays for Germany. <laughs> Which is, you know, how sad is that for Kevin Prince Boateng? He was the better one for so long. So long. He was the Absolutely. one that actually picked Ghana over Germany. Yep. And then it all just crumbled away. Yep. Ever since he well, left Tottenham. I mean, aside from that spell where he was really good at AC Milan for like five com- years. Com- completely. Hey, I got, a, I got a funny funny thing for you. You know how everybody preaches that, you know, the United States soccer is so great and it's not. It's all, It's okay. But who's the only person on the U.S. men's national team that is capped in the last six months that is in the Champions League? Go. Oh, goodness. There's only one. <laughs> well, it's not Yedlin. <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't tell you, man. It's Fabian Johnson. He plays for a Mondegon block. Oh, Mondegon block. Yeah, that one. Huh. Do you remember like two years ago, everybody was saying he's like one of the best developing left backs in Germany, and then he just stopped? Yeah, you know why they, they did that? It's because he picked the United States over Germany. Because he has dual citizenship, and they're like, all right, he's not Yeah, good. no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he's not good. Yeah, this is going to be random, but the U.S. men's national team and the MLS have completely different objectives, and for some reason people don't see that. The MLS wants all of the high-profile Americans to be here, which is the worst thing for the U.S. men's national team when none of them are gaining international experience. Yeah, I think the MLS was better when they had the Dempseys and the Donovans playing playing in the Premier Elsewhere. League. Yeah, when they were in Everton and Fulham, respectively. Yeah. That was the heyday. You had Howard abroad. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that was when everything was working well, and now that everybody's coming back. And even Altidore, when he was at Azed, he mm-hmm. was getting a lot more experience out there playing against Ajax and the like than, than he is now. It, yeah, I mean, the only thing the U.S. is good for now in the Premier League is goaltenders. Yeah. John Brooks is also abroad. He, he, he looks like he's developing yeah, well. There's, there's, a couple, there's a couple players that play abroad. Yeah, but Yedlin froze. He got to Tottenham, and... He was so disappointing technically mm-hmm. that they didn't even want to loan him out because they wanted him to learn their way. Like, he, he was that far from the first team. And, and he shows well when he plays for the men's team. He does. He doesn't, his style doesn't play well with the men's team. But here's, here's the problem. Is Yedlin has to be the worst player on the pitch at any time to have success? That's a good question. Maybe is the answer. Yeah, I mean, yes, the pace is life-altering. I get mm-hmm. it. But we already had Kyle Walker. Yeah. the U.S., a team desperately crying out for pace. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. That just The athletes aren't in the U.S. national side because all of them are playing American football or yeah. basketball or it's even hockey. It's, and even if they're playing the MLS, I think that style of play is stunting their growth to play against the international talent. Where where we're basically falling behind the, the teams in our in our group in the CONCACAF. Yeah. You know, Demarcus uh, Beasley has been he, in the men's national team for like twenty years because he has pace. Absolutely. And he and he, he's a veteran who can control the ball. Yeah. That's just, guess what? You can't just play lights out, all right, we're gonna fast break like MLS. You you can't do that. You can't do it. Yeah. Uh, it 
like I was saying, in the CONCACAF, I think the U.S. is basically falling behind teams like Costa Rica, yeah. who are letting their players go abroad. Mm-hmm. Like Kaylor Navas, who yeah. just had a hell of a week, but is a very decent keeper. Yeah, and he's still in the same spot he was. Yeah, that is absolutely bonkers to me. Sorry, this is going to get back to fantasy at some point, I promise. It's an off week. We can talk about whatever yeah, we want. You're right. But the fact that Rafa Benitez was like, you're good enough to be our number one. You're good enough for Real Madrid. Don't listen to all the haters. And then they tried to bring in De Gea and then couldn't and now had to publicly apologize to him is insane. And there's nothing I love more than the fact that they are now going to long-term miss out on David De Gea because reports coming out that he is now open to signing an extension at Manchester United, and that is mm-hmm. hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. It might even cost me Hugo Lloris. I don't even care. It's hilarious <laughs> that Real Madrid tricked themselves out of their own deal. Yeah, it's it's completely funny. And I think it was funny that, that Keylor Navas, if he came to United, was basically the only reason he agreed to come, from what I read, was that he was going to be the starting keeper for yeah. United. Well, I mean, Romero had two good matches and two crap matches. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But yeah, you'd have to start Novice week one. Again, week five. God, I don't know why I keep doing that. That's all right. It's a, week one is the next one. We start over every one. one, one <laughs> every one international a, break, the one, one after that is match week one. 1A, one 1B. One <laughs> You're not wrong. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah. So, I brought this up to you before yeah. offline. I want to... I'm going to expand on it a little bit and maybe get a direct answer from you. Yeah. It's it's been four weeks or basically 11% of the season, 10% of the season. Yeah. You know, I said it to you before and I'm trying to reword it in my head right now and it's failing, but fantasy wise, what guys are you just completely giving the middle finger at and telling them, you know what? You're making my kettle boil. Like what? What's making you mad? Who who do you want to punt? Like fantasy wise, that came into the season that had such fantasy potential that you were like, "Oh, this guy's gonna bur- this guy's gonna do something." You know, base- perfect example, Mesut Ozil. Yeah, he's he's probably one of the guys that were probably on the tip of your tongue. And I'm dropping questions on you on you know on the the random here, but it's better this way because you actually get a true answer from you, and you can't have, you don't have time to research it and be like, "Oh, this guy's great because." Uh, He's yeah. Etienne Capoue's <laughs> luggage boy at uh, El Gerard when they were four. Although, to be fair, Capoue's a dope. But um, Rooney and Kane. Yeah. Uh, when I first set up my fantasy team, I built it around them, Hazard, and Ivanovic. So, you can imagine how my week one went. Quickly moved out Kane as soon as I found out that you know he just isn't getting the chances. I know a lot of people are out there, Spurs fans included, saying that he's not good enough. His miss against Tim Howard, yes, was awful. Yes, also offside. Kane from last year finishes that. There's a problem there. And it's a problem that hasn't been addressed by Tottenham's transfers. Kane has been very disappointing to me. Wayne Rooney, equally disappointing to me. Although, completely different scenarios. Kane has looked good, but not scored. Rooney has not looked good and not scored. Yes, you can argue that week one he could have had that goal that Kyle Walker put into his own net. But mm-hmm. other than that, how many chances has Wayne Rooney had where you like, he should have scored that? I think that might genuinely be the only one this season. And cool. for a player as renowned and established as Wayne Rooney to be struggling to this extent is concerning. And to me, we talked about it on the EPL roundtable. To me, we, we, we talked a little bit about form or for real. Like, is what they're doing right now how they actually are or how they're currently playing? And Wayne Rooney has dipped so much that that's now a question. Mm-hmm. It's not officially that this is how he is now, but it has been long enough that it is absolutely valid to wonder what's going on with him. And so him 
Kane, Hazard, and Ivanovich were four players that I, I wrote an article earlier this season and said that Rooney, Hazard, and Ivanovich were all must-owns, mm-hmm. along with Alexis and David Silva. And thus far, Silva is the only one that's lived up to it. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with anybody you even put on that list. I mean, anybody from, from Chelsea is just a, a disaster. Save for right Pedro. Now. Save for Pedro, exactly. You know, vote for Pedro as your fantasy favorite. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, guys that jump out to me that, that everybody was hawking was, I already mentioned Mesut Ozil. Uh, Theo Walcott was getting so much juice in the in the offseason, you know, that he's going to come in there. He's going to be that, that second striker, and they're going to play the fast-paced up-top game. And he can't with, get a with, sniff of the damn pitch. Exactly. Oxlade-Chamberlain is the first of those bench guys to get a chance mm-hmm. every time. And and I and I hope uh, John Whalen from from Taga is listening. But I'm sorry, but is he watching a different Roberto Firmino than I am? <laughs> Dude, uh, he has been just awful. Can I just mention that everybody? I know they were hating on how much he loved Firmino, but everybody was on him. Can I once again? And you can brag about AU as well if you'd like. Once again, r- draw everybody's memories back to when everybody laughed at me for saying Gomez would be a top ten fantasy striker. And I said AU would lead the team. And in you goal. said AU. And right now, uh, Gomez is ahead four three. But they're just making each other so much better. And I've I think- said this on multiple platforms. But Bafatimbi Gomez has the easiest job in the Premier League right now. All he has to do is wait for balls from Jefferson Montero, Gilfie Sigurdsson, Andre AU, and you know let's let's not front at all. We're seeing a whole lot of decent chances created by Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> that Swansea midfield. Um, it, it's all just kind of going their way at the moment, and just big ups to to Gomez and AU. Hop on the Swansea bandwagon. I know I said early on that Malrez might cap at six, and that's where mm-hmm. I stopped buying in. It was I bought in at five eight. Mm-hmm. Um, still probably worth bringing in as I mentioned earlier. But Gomez and AU just keep buying in because it's just going to keep going up, and well, and they, they they're built on such a stable foundation of creating chances for each other, that if one of them doesn't have a good match, Sigurdsson was awful the first three weeks. Really yeah. bad, and I love the dude. Yeah. He was in my He's team, dead. had to switch him out for AU. But, yeah. it, you know, this is what happens when their main catalyst has struggled for the first three weeks, and they're still all scoring. This attack is matchup proof. It will mm-hmm. score against anyone. Get them into your team for whatever price it's worth it. Com- completely. Look what they've done against Chelsea and Man United already. They've yeah. faced two of the top six teams. Uh, their next, their next six fixtures. Tell me, tell me which team that they can't score on here. Yeah, they're away to Watford. <laughs> Although they're Watford, home- the, th- two collegiates or, or three, two or three, they look, they set up to defend, but they're not going to stop them. Home to Everton. Nope. Away to Southampton. Maybe they Oof, might not score. It depends. That. It depends. Literally, like you said before, it depends on if Classy is back and if Van Dyke gets the start. And, and that's about when when Classy should be back. Yeah. Probably the nineteenth or the twenty sixth. Yeah, six to the six, match week six or seven is when he's supposed to be back. And then the next game, October fourth, is is going to be like a five nothing, six nothing against Spurs. At, at, <laughs> you know, it it, it, it honestly Wales, is so hit and miss with this Spurs defense. There will, there, there will be, and I promise this, there will be two mistakes every Spurs match. Kyle Walker made both of them against Everton. Mm-hmm. Hugo turned both of them aside. But there will at least be two mistakes in every Tottenham match, and I think Swansea would capitalize on at least one. Mm-hmm. And then after Spurs, they're home to Stoke, and then away at Aston Villa. Stoke I mean, defense, those... not what it has been. Aston Villa, interesting bringing in Julian Lescott. Lescott. Not sure if yeah. he's plugging in as, as a center back. I'm assuming because Jordan Amavi has done so well. And and so I'm assuming he's going to pair with Mike Richards, which, by the way, is one of the most athletic center back pairings that nobody's talking about. Because yeah, you're I, having two players that have recently played as wing backs playing as center backs. I know Julian Lescott is actually a center back, and Tony Pulis is just out of his damn mind. But having both of them as center backs could be a really, really underrated clean sheet gamble. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like Lescott coming into the season because I thought, you know, with Pulis' system and Lescott from what I saw last year. Was a, a decent buy. I believe he was. He's four nine now. He dropped. He was. He started out at five, but as a, as your third fourth defender that you're going to rotate in and out with someone else. I mean, that's not an awful play to play for West Brom because they play a defensive style, or we thought they were going to, because until they started giving up goals left and right. But they're I mean, still playing a defensive style. They're just not scoring. They're trying. or defending. Yeah. 
Um, just so everybody knows, when they were in for Federico Fazio as part of the Berahino deal, I did see the most tremendous lyrical tweet of all time, which was, it's the remix to Ignition, Tony Pulis edition, he's buying five center backs to play them all out of position. <laughs> I loved that so much. I'm so sad Fazio didn't go there. A little yeah. sad Berahino didn't come to us. Can I tell you something on the low low, though? Go ahead. Okay, so... Tottenham did need a second striker. That's no doubt. Mm-hmm. My problem is that there wasn't a plan B. Paying 25 to $30 million, which is what we're hearing now, mm-hmm. for a backup striker or backup right winger who's had as many public incidents as he's had, I'm not really that upset about it. Yeah, I'm not even, I don't blame you. I'm just not. Although, you know, we're going to drag this back to fantasy real quick. I told you last week to pick up Solomon Rondon because it looked like Berahino was leaving. I don't know what this does. We've already heard Tony Pula say multiple times that he doesn't believe in the flat four anymore, that it wasn't working for them. Saw a little bit more of a 4-2-3-1 last week. If that's the case, if Berahino isn't getting that right spot over McManaman, the Bananaman, Mach 2, then I'm a little worried about all of them. Yeah. I mean, I like McManaman, too. I I know, I know. But but can you bench Rondone on how he's performed thus far? Probably not. But you've you've wasted, literally wasted, 25 million pounds to keep a player that said he doesn't want to play for you. Mm-hmm. Can you give him a chance? I mean, you've gambled so much on him coming back and playing well. Because in January, he has one and a half years left on his contract. That might be his peak value after this. Mm-hmm. And after that, he has one year left going to next. I mean, they have to play him to get his value back up. To me, this is a very messed up situation. And I have Rondon and Taga. Mm-hmm. I love the dude. Love how he plays. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I, I just—it's funny. I read a somebody somebody posted a funny tweet. I don't remember. Uh, or I'd give you credit, but it said uh, Barahino rest of season score uh, future scoring uh, zero, <laughs> <laughs> future points zero. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just, it was just funny. yeah. For those that don't know what we're talking about, he said that he'd never play for Jeremy Peace ever again. Who's West Bromwich Albion's chairman? Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody has their beefs, you know. It, you know, it's his oldest rap music, Biggie, Tupac. <laughs> you know, I mean, it happens. Meek Mill, Drake, it happens. Yeah, man. yeah. Okay, so so legitimate fantasy question for you. Sure. Does Sato Berahino play again? And if he does, how many goals this season? Uh, I think he's. I think he probably plays sporadically through December. Uh, then he buys the the chairman a nice gift, maybe a hooker or three. And, in January. Yeah, and then January, I think was when you start seeing Barahino come on. Here's the problem. Uh, is it's all going to be rumors to Tottenham? Because no other side is going to get as good a chance to start. Because every other side has more established strikers. Legitimately. Um, well, maybe I'm just saying that because Tottenham are in so many competitions and everybody has a better second option. But I don't think they'd sell to Tottenham anymore. And other, I'm worried he's just going to be stuck there. And I'm also worried Tottenham aren't going to fix any of these problems in January. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he'll. I think the the last person that anybody wants to do is feed into where the guy wants to go to help his ego out because Barahino definitely wants to go to Spurs. He does. Well, I mean, he's seen. I mean, Pochettino has been dealt a crap hand with the players he has, but he's shown that he can develop young talent, and I think that's what's attracting a lot of these young players like Son, like NG, and they've said as much in their introductory press conferences. And I think that's what Barahino was looking at. He's paired with Harry Kane up front for the England U21s. Mm-hmm. This was the move he wanted, and I agree. If you're Jeremy Peace, you can't back off on what you said. Barahino can't back off of what he said. I, you know, he might. You know what? He might end up at Chelsea or City, just to kind of help their English quotas a little bit. He might. I mean, I, I think that makes they'll sense. They'll get him at. They'll probably get him at. A, I think it's come January. I think it's the first team to offer. You know, twenty-five million. We'll get him. I, th- I, I have mean, an interesting theory. Do you think Lloyd Remy leaves in January? Because it seems Falcao's ahead of him on that depth chart. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know what? I'm gonna say no, only because I think I think that they're gonna get. I think Chelsea's gonna get lambasted up front. I think either Costa or Falcao is gonna get hurt. Mm. And I'm I'm with no Ava. Yeah, I completely hate the way Costa's playing this year. Yeah. He's basically looking. He's so. For- Frustrating to watch. He lays on the pitch more time than he spends doing anything on it. He he looks like Didier. He's playing like Didier Drogba, like two thousand five six. Like he would get. And anybody ever meet Didier Drogba? The the guy is ginormous. His shoulders yeah. are as big as a queen size bed. 
I mean, <laughs> if you try, if you if you sneezed on Costa he, right now, he would go over. down. Yeah, it, and and it's ask for a red frustrating. Card. It's frustrating. It's absolutely frustrating. I like what Falcao did. He came on. He made the proper run, and he got yeah. a goal for it. You know, Costa. He's and Pedro late. will always find you. Costa's been late to a few crosses. And then he then he starts complaining and throws his hand up in the air like yeah. he's the, like the Duke of you know of Earl or whatever he thinks he is, <laughs> you know. Love it. You know he the, the guy. You, you know why you never trust him? The guy's twenty six years old. He looks like he's forty. That's yeah. why you don't trust him. Yeah. Who's that guy at Lazio? Uh, with the I forget his name, but same situation where he said he was like twenty, and he looks like he's fifty. Oh, what the frick is his name? No, I can't remember either. But Skip look it, it up. Look Skip up Lazio it. old guy that's actually. Let's go young. to the phones. Anybody know the Lazio <laughs> guy who got <laughs> <laughs> uh, We have a call in. It's uh, what's his face? I, I don't know either. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude. yo, dude, I'm really fifty. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but anyway, I know I went on a bit of a Tottenham rant there. But, but the problem okay. the problem I've had with the transfer window is we played with our food so long. But it, it, it's like if you got a poached egg, but it wasn't poached properly, and it hashed into a chicken, and then it just walked the hell away. Yeah. <laughs> we waited on all of those deals for so long. We put all of our bags, ba- all of our bags, bags. All, all of our eggs into the Sven Bender and Sado Berahino basket from day one of this transfer window. Ended up with neither. We knew Bender was dead at the beginning of August. Then allegedly moved our attention to Javi Martinez because he lost his job out as soon as uh, we saw Philip Lom take over that defensive midfield role. We saw him push back to center back for a little bit. He didn't want to fucks with that. I don't really know. It's just so disappointing that, that nothing happened. And I've said this before. I'll say it now. Danny Rose coming back is huge. Look at Danny Rose as a fantasy option because he gets forward enough to really contribute. But other than that, I have questions about every Tottenham starter. Oh, I agree. I mean... As a Tottenham fan, you really can't like throw your hands up and be like, "All right, I'm done with this." Yeah. Oh, Lloris. Tottenham's defense is bad enough that he'll get saves. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a and for for the for the official game, that's that's a good thing because he may not clean sheet you to death, but he's not gonna you know help you to he's not gonna kill you everywhere yeah. else. He'll get one in three. He'll get one yeah. in three clean sheets, and he's gonna get five plus saves just about every match. And that's three. That's worth three points. Yeah. So, so worth a look there. All right. You have any closing thoughts? Yeah. So final closing. You know, I don't have any transfers. I'm not making any transfers this week. I'm yeah, waiting I'm for the international well. games. Do, do, okay. Last question for you. Do you feel bad that you've already used your uh, wild card? Because I'm I'm looking at some of these deals. And I'm like, ah, I might have wanted to hold on to it for a couple weeks. No, I'm I'm not I'm not because when I made it, I brought in guys that I thought were going to be good four weeks from now. Yeah. And then my whole plan was to not make a transfer for four weeks. Right. So if in four weeks I suck, which I'm, it's looking like I'm going to be, <laughs> but I can make four transfers again and basically have another wild card. Right. You know. Yeah. I, I brought in Gomis and AU for Sigurdsson and Rooney. That obviously paid off. Brought in mm-hmm. Pedro for Hazard. Obviously paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, Coutinho is the only one that's disappointed me but like you mentioned he's looked good it just isn't translating at the moment but I'm assuming once he gets back from his red card he'll get back to kind of normal service yeah that's the only thing for me I might have to I might have to transfer out Coutinho this week just to get a viable midfielding option for yeah well <laughs> this is the weird thing I've actually had Wilson on my bench the last two weeks like an idiot I was actually on a bachelor's party this weekend so I didn't get to change my lineup on the last day um, so now Coutinho being out allows me to finally put him in. But yeah, my midfield, Mares, Pedro, Torre, AU, with Wilson, Aguero, and Gomis up front. Yeah, that's that's stellar. I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong with that. I mean, you're still doing bachelor parties? How much do they charge you to come out of a cake? Uh, we, I, you know, me and my bikini, it's a little hairy. It's not that great. I'll be real. The cake's a little inedible afterwards. But you know, you pull in some decent fees each time. <laughs> yeah, you got to get your Brazilian up to date, dude. <laughs> Dude, even Brazilians couldn't help me. It's, it's yeah. a mess. Well, they, they, they could, trust me. They're... All right. All right, well, on last, last thoughts, what have you been drinking tonight? Uh, you know, I'm going back to the old standby buy. I'm drinking Rolling Rock. I'm on my fourth. Nice. So, Not so too bad. If I, if I sound like I'm slurring. That's what's going on. Too, too bad. <laughs> yep. Uh, if it sounds like I've been mispronouncing words, it is thanks to a, a drink that I like. You can try it yourself. It's called a Dark and Stormy. It's two parts rum, preferably dark rum, uh, three parts ginger beer, 
uh, and then a lime. Uh, about a quarter, you squeeze into it, you leave it in there, let it like muddle a little bit, and then you put one in the glass, squeeze half of it. It's a good time. It's a drink that's very dependent upon the balance of the three different flavors. If you get it wrong, it can not be great. If you get it right, it's tremendous. Uh, he mentioned earlier <laughs> that means... That it means I'm a little sensitive at the moment. I am, but that's not what you need to worry about. The important thing <laughs> is I told you how to make it. Take a sip. You'll see why it's delicious. And I would recommend that going forward. But until next time, we'll be back next week previewing uh, Match Week 5, as we mentioned a few times. But in the meantime, I've been your host, Kevin DeVries. You can find me at Kevroff on Twitter. You can find my writings on blog.playtoggle.com and theeaglesbeak.com. Or you can email us at eprroundtable.com. Email roundtable at gmail.com or tweet us at EPL Roundtable. If you're going to email us, just put fantasy in the header and we'll try to get to your questions soon. You you have the longest resume in the possible history of podcast people. <laughs> it's I mean, true. Jesus, how am I supposed to follow that up? <laughs> you know what? Just do one of those a week and then rotate and then just keep yeah, going. <laughs> I'll just completely just go into it. Well, as your secondary host, my name's been Rob Langevin. My name's been Rob. My, my name's always my, Rob. It continues Langevin. to be Rob Langevin. It continues. It's on my birth certificate, so you're stuck with it. See, this is what happens <laughs> when you drink four beers in 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, those were all during the show? Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we hope you drink along with us. Anytime I mention Spurs, feel free to have a drink. All right. Well, I've been Rob Langevin. You can find me at Smokey underscore Loogie. Or when I do my writings at soccer.rasball.com. And as always, we're here every week at the, the FPL Roundtable. Me, Kevin, chilling. Yeah, chilling, having some drinks, talking some fantasy. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, feel free to give us a follow at EPL Roundtable. And in the meantime, we hope you've liked your fantasy advice. Have fun with the international break. It's a week you don't have to worry about your fantasy lineup. But you're probably going to anyway, so best of luck with that. And we'll see you next week. Peace.